Welcome to Ignite Purpose. This is Christina Foxwell. And today um, I am joined by Hayden Reed. He um, is the, Hayden, you better help us. He's the group GM uh, based in um, the Gold Coast for News Corp. And I'm absolutely thrilled to spend time with him. I've known, I've known him for a very long time. And we've actually wound this into one of our coaching catch-ups because the gold that we were uncovering together was too magical not to capture. Now, Hayden is an absolute winner when it comes to delivering revenue numbers, when it comes to building people and sales businesses. And I have seen him grow and transform over the last four or five years to the point where the man sitting across from me, if he sat next to me in our practice at Ignite Purpose, I know we'd set the world on fire even greater. Hayden, welcome to the show. Thank you. What a lovely introduction. That's very kind of you. No, it's my great pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for agreeing to having a quick chat to inspire purpose and hope in leaders. I think that's what we all need, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I think it's, I mean, if, yeah, it's, if you want to be successful and you want to build successful sales teams, then having an acute understanding of leadership and what, what, it, what, it, what it properly stands for, then it's, 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 a, it's a massively important thing to understand. Okay, so because we're talking about sales leadership, and that's such a tricky thing because you and I both come from sales leadership where, you know, the old school sales leadership is I shame you and I beat you till you do what I need you to do. And for anyone out there, please, it's not slave labor, but that's almost how it used to be. Yeah. Talk to me about how you see sales leadership transforming okay, and how so you transform. Mind a little bit. What happens is as a salesperson, you're trained and you're measured and you're judged by your performance against a number. Yes. And so you build this this thing inside you that I'm going to hit this number, this target, more often than my peers because that's going to lead to future prosperity and career growth and these sorts of things. Love it. And if you do that enough, you find yourself in a leadership position. Yes. And then when you get to a leadership position, that hangover habit can can stick with you. And so you, 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 you then have six people working for you and you're now judging yourself on hitting a team number across you know a number and you're judging them by the way you used to behave and if anybody falls short of how you used to behave as a salesperson then you get angry and judgy and you start shaming people or whatever it is to get the number and that's that's probably where i lived for the first you know number of years particularly before we started working more closely together that's really where i operated in is um, a really hardline leadership approach of you know high accountability, high activity, just hit the number, and that was really where my leadership ended. It wasn't leadership really; it was more just management of a number. And how did you feel as you were leading <clears throat> like that? What were some of the things you were experiencing as a leader? Well, the difficulty was, as we were speaking, probably you know ten minutes ago, was that. I was judging myself by the the, 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 the numbers still. Yes. And if you've got a monthly target, you've got you've, you're essentially giving yourself 12, 12 times in a year to really fulfill job satisfaction. Mm. And the likelihood of you hitting 12 targets in a year is unlikely. You, you, yes. A good performance is going to hit nine, right? Yes. A really good performance is going to hit 10 or maybe 11. So even if you hit all of them, 12 times for you to feel absolute job satisfaction and happiness over the course of a 330 whatever day year is is pretty uninspiring it's a bit it's sad hey yes because you'll <laughs> so live for that hit of feeling good enough yeah 
that actually you don't really feel that much happiness because the the goal of hitting a target only happens for a second because the second you've hit it you've, you've now got a new goal to hit mm. you've now got to hit the next one and so you actually you never get off the treadmill you're just you're just running and running and running and that's where burnout happens and you know whatever you want to call it anxiety mm. yeah all, all sorts of things can, can happen with that so what you've got to start I think that I think where you need to, to operate is finding happiness in the process and, um, and 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 shifting where you're finding meaning and yeah and why you're doing what you're doing outside of just achieving a, a commercial outcome for business. You shared your why with me earlier, which I think is incredibly inspirational. Um, can you remember what it is? Yeah, I can. Um, I mean, so, 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 there's, so, so there's, there's two there's two things that I consider as as if I do these two things, then I'm doing my job properly. Yes. The first the first one is that I, I it is number based. Right? So I'm going to sound like you know, I'm contradicting myself, but mm-hmm. it is to write a bigger number than what the business expects me to do. The, the difference now is the process in order to get there. I love that. The so talk me the, through that. Yeah. So, so so and then the second part is I measure myself on the growth of my people mm. if, if I'm not dedicating time to ensure that my staff are becoming better at what they do and that they're getting paid more as a result mm. and that they can apply for bigger jobs and bigger promotions mm. internally or externally as a result of working with me then my job as a leader is kind of mute I'm not adding value to them and, and if we're not adding value to our people we're not leading that's that's my view on it I love that. And you and I touched on legacy because a while back in some of the work we were doing and some of the conversations we were having, we really challenged legacy, didn't we? What is your real legacy? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's a, it's a really good lens to look through in every conversation you have, whether it's a meeting, group meeting, one-on-one, whatever, mm. is the the, the legacy isn't so much the action that people take after that meeting, but the feeling they feel after that meeting, because the feeling drives the action much more than the request for action. So, so pe- pe- people's, people are always going to connect themselves to their ideas more than they're going to connect themselves to my ideas. So, our, you know, the legacy, as far as I see it in meetings like that, is, is, is that I'm focused on ensuring that by the end of our conversation, that individual is feeling engaged, they're feeling driven, and they're feeling passionate about what they do, or inspired to, to, to do what it is I'm asking them to do. And if I failed in making them feel that way, that's that's on me, that's, that's not on them. Oh, I love it, because I used to say, when my people leave my office, even if we've had a tough rumble around numbers, they need to feel so inspired to go and do something that's bigger and better, versus leaving my office or my space feeling crushed and demotivated yeah it's it's the inspiration that's 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 the birthplace for action right if you mm. if you can if you can if you can have somebody in your room and you're talking to them about whatever it is a commercial outcome a, a, a feature editorial partnership whatever it mm. is mm. and at the conclusion of that meeting that person feels inspired about why we're producing that piece of content they are feeling inspired about having the conversations with the potential commercial partners and they are excited about the project, then that feeling drives them to the action you need them to take. 
However, if you were to undo all that and have a conversation about, well, I need you to call 15 of these businesses every day, and so by the time I next speak to you, I expect this amount of money in a pipeline, then, okay, you may you may get a, a good result, possibly, but they're not going to love you for it. Um, and they're not going to learn an awful lot either because it's, no. they're doing it because they're being beaten with a stick, not because they think it's a great thing to work on. Oh, I love that. Because the beaten with a stick piece is what creates those scars that people then put armor on to protect themselves, which then stops them from the ability to feel. Yeah, and, 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 and it, does, it will get you results for a short time. That's the problem, mm. is, that, is that if you lead that way, you will get short-term results, and then you'll wonder, why have all my staff fucking left? Mm. Like, why has everyone just left? It's, and, and the reason is because you burn them out. You're not, you're, not, you're, not, you're not helping them. You're getting a result that helps you. Um, and I think that's sometimes where we can fall into a trap because in our in our world, you go from salesperson to leader mm. overnight, and there's mm. not enough support from the likes of your business to manage that shift. From my whole world is just to hit a number, and now you're giving me six people. Well, I'm just going to make sure they all hit hit a number. That's mm. it's a natural progression. Um, so working with businesses like yours and, and you in particular is is what is what helps longevity and leadership, I think. And it, it's been quite a journey, the one we've been on. I mean, it's been years. And as you get to a point, I had someone say once, you don't need to have continuous coaching from a coach. You should get your coaching and then just do it and grow yourself. But what do you think is the value? I mean, you and I touch in. We, we do it fairly regular. I'm a bit of a sounding board. We work through stuff because we've built a language. But what do you think has been the gift of that consistency, Hayden? Of working, working with you? Yeah, just a consistent coaching piece where it doesn't just like, oh, good, you've had me for two months, good luck, go off and do your thing now. What's what's the value of consistency? Well, the, well, well it's habit. So, so, well, I think it's habit. So, so, so yeah, you, you always revert back in times of stress or in times of difficulty. I think, from my experience, the temptation is to always revert back to your natural your natural kind of disposition. And my, yeah. my natural leaning, where, where I go naturally, is to is to bark and get results to go and get a number because mm. then I feel safe again if the numbers hit. Mm. Um, but having regular contact, it's not just regular contact. It's really reminding yourself throughout the day and producing documents of, so, you know. So I've got a blueprint of of, of, of successful leadership for this business. Mm. That that came that that is a, a culmination of work that we've talked about over mm. years. Yes. But it's a blueprint which everybody has to live by if they're going to be in my leadership team. Nice. And and so those reminders, and when we catch up as an exec team or leadership team, whatever it is, we remind ourselves of what our principles are, what our measures are, um, you know, and, and, and that kind of kind of continue, that keeps you connected, keeps you honed into it, focused and connected. Yeah. How yeah. how important is this? So I'll, I'll rephrase. Let me go back. John Maxwell says mm-hmm. trust is critical for any leader. Um, and he said, trust is birthed from three key, key things. Competency, so I need to be able to be competent. Connection, which is about that willingness to be connected with somebody, even if it's uncomfortable. And then character. What do you think of those three things? Yeah, I, 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 would, I would agree with that assessment. And we've, we've done some work around Maxwell's research and we're mm. with, the, with, the, with the, the levels of leadership and those we sorts have. of things. Um, I, th- I think that the, the trust, the other, the other, the other 
onto your trust that I kind of trade in is doing what you say you're going to do. Beautiful. And too often, it's, and that's two way, right? So at the conclusion of let's let's say a whip, you've got three actions. You should be always be given three actions. And if the if the staff member isn't coming back the next time with the whip, and at the start of that whip you readdress those three actions, and they haven't been completed, well then there has to be some discussion around that. But there, there should also be three actions for the leader that's that's, that's, that's going to help either help them perform their three actions, or going to it's going to build some muscle around their career in some way, shape, or form. It, it can't be a one-way, well, I'm, I'm the one with the office, so you're going to do what I say. Again, it's, it, it doesn't work. So I think, long answer to your question, but I think there would be a, there would be an addition to that of what you said, and that would be that trust, trust is earned by doing what you say you're going to do. Nice. I have another question. Working on your character as a leader... How hard is that? Um, for me, it was well. If you're talking about what, you know, what I went 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 through at News Corp, really, it's been difficult because, yeah. as I say, I, I, I've been so I've been trained at my you know to the point where my kind of my self worth was was measured against my performance against the target. Mm. So to suddenly, um, not suddenly, but a, a transition into one of a, a much softer person that is that is focused on the development of others, the improvement of others, and seeing other people promoted internally, externally doesn't matter to me. I want to I want to see the people that work for me become my peers or, or, or move into bigger roles and earn more money. That that is a measure of success for me, um, and ultimately it, it, it gives it. I, I do have much more happiness from seeing that than from just hit the target. I love that because you know the definition of happiness is the joy that we feel while striving for our potential. Is that right? Yes. Don't you well, love that? That marries that world, doesn't it? It's just perfect. It aligns yeah. perfectly. Perfectly. Quickly talk to me about human being a human. Because mm. sometimes when I'm a senior leader and I'm leading leaders, so you're a leader leading leaders who lead other leaders who sometimes then lead people. So there's layers, right? What do you think the greatest challenge is when you have to embrace humanity at that level? I, so, so there's a thing called the looking glass self. I don't know if you're familiar with that. But no, it's basically a, a theory that says that you behave the way that you think the world perceives you as. Okay. So the way I always thought a sales leader should behave is the way I behave. Um, so... It's kind of it's kind of challenging that and have and, and having having a bit of kind of courage, I suppose. Nice way to you know to 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 do something a little bit different to what you think is expected. But these are just these are just things you you think you, you grow up thinking well, and you model them, don't you? So I grew up in sales in London and and then yeah, in in pretty tough kind of sales roles where where things were. You know, you'd be fired for making stuff do <laughs> those sorts of things now. You know, you certainly can't get away with that in a corporation like News Corp. But that, that's how that's how you grow up, and so you you can't help but model leadership on certain individuals. And it's only when you get a really solid coach and and a really good leader. I was I was lucky. I've been lucky to have. Yes. I've had Claire Starling yeah. and Michael Wilbo and others who are just world class leaders who I can model myself on. So I'm, I'm I've been lucky. 
And I've got to agree with you, Wilbo and Claire are outstanding humans. Outstanding yeah. leaders, but they are humans. Yeah, and that's, and that's what separates them. And, and again, it goes back to that legacy thing of how did, how did I, how do you feel when you finish a meeting with Michael Wilbo? How do you feel inspired. when you finish a meeting with Claire Starling? Inspired. It's, it's, it's like, it's at 100%. You feel like, I'm going I'm to walk over broken glass for these people. I would, I would like, that's how they make you feel. Yes. And that, if you can get that in your leadership locker, you're going to be, you, the, the other thing about hitting that number, it just happens. It takes care of itself. Exactly. Uh, you know, I love vulnerability. We're not going to this, are we? No, but I'm going to... I Actually, you being so confident in reflecting with me today allows... This is vulnerability. So I'm going to give you the definition again. Vulnerability is the willingness to try something new, to be exposed, to be seen. Connection is my ability to be seen and heard. I can't achieve connection without vulnerability. And if you think of Claire, Wilbo... Hayden, I'm adding you in there. I think of the willingness to show your heart, show who you are, share your thoughts, have courage, do something you've not done before, challenge the status quo, not because you're trying to be egotistical or say, I am better, but because you want to say we're better together. Mm. No, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with all of that, apart from you putting me in the same party as those two. I, 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 <laughs> So tell me, why is coaching important for a leader? Because we can often not coach, we just tell and send. What does coaching look like and what does it mean to you? So it goes back to that point of an idea is it sticks much much harder if the idea comes from an individual. I can't. I can. I can. I can impose my ideas on a person, and because of my status or title. It might stick to some degree, but if I can have somebody come to that conclusion mm. themselves with mm. with my help, you know, with open dialogue and, and so forth, then there is no question that that idea is cemented in them, and they are committed to that idea way, way more. Nice. And as a leader, and you've led sales teams, and now leader of leaders and leaders of people, how regular is coaching needed? Okay, so. That's a really good question, and I don't know if I've got the right answer. It's okay, just give me your lens. But, but, but I, I, I coach depending on the individual and what's happening. Okay. So it, it could be that someone's, um, yeah, so some, someone is struggling in a particular area of, of work. So good. it could be a particular product that they're not understanding. It could be a particular uh, stage of the sales cycle they're struggling, whatever it might be. And if they're, if, you know, if their performance is such so that they're, they're in danger of going on to some sort of performance review or something like that, I, I have to dedicate more of my time to that individual to, to prevent that from happening. Mm. Because if they're going to go on that 
for Juve, it's, it's, it's going to be because there were no other options. And as a leader, you're responsible for ensuring that you've, you've ventured down every possible avenue outside of that. So that, that would see me, me do more. But, but, but then on the other scale of it, you've got someone that's a real high achiever, really performing well. Um, these people need coaching as well. They need validation, first of all, that what they're doing is the right way to do it. Great. But also they need stretching. Because mm. if you don't stretch a high performer, geez, they get bored quick. And, and then there's the drama. Oh, they get, they get, they get, they get, they get bored. Mm. These people, these people uh, are, are, you know, you want to stay real close to these people because these are the ones that are getting hit up on LinkedIn. They're getting phone calls throughout the day, and if they don't feel that you're adding value to them for them to um, stretch, improve, and grow, then they're going to look for it elsewhere. So I, I kind of work on both ends of the scale, really. Don't you just love it, Hayden? How about this? We wrap it up and say if you could give the leaders out there three things for them to consider to work on so that they can be more effective in leading sales businesses, what might that be? Um, okay, num- number one, I would always think when they're entering in the room, what is this person's needs? What, what do they need from me? Mm. And, and, and have that in the forefront of your mind in, in mm. all conversations you're having with individuals. What is it they need? Because people react differently to different styles, right? So how do I get the best out of this person? What are their needs? Um, second thing would be the legacy thing. Yeah. So I, I know before the person comes in the room how I need them to be feeling at the end of that session, what conclusions they need to come to, and then I work with them to ensure that those things are done. Um, and, I, and I guess to kind of wrap all of that into one is is to not consider your you know, you got a co- you got you, you got a one on one whip or coaching session at ten a.m. Don't start the coaching session at 10 a.m. You start the coaching session at 10 a.m. with the staff member, but the actual session should start at 9 a.m. where you're preparing everything to ensure that that session with the staff is seamless and perfect. Mm. I love it. So be prepared. Be willing to own your legacy. What was the last one? The first one? The last one? The first one? Um, it's, well, it's, fo- it's focusing what they need. What, what they need. So, so, so it's how, not about how, how you. Are you interacting with them? It's about them. Exactly, yeah. Hayden, what a pleasure. I'm going to invite you back. This was a good 20-minute sharing of your thoughts. I'm incredibly privileged to know you and to walk next to you. Thank you for the opportunity. That's such lovely words. And, uh, and likewise, I'm, I'm grateful for what you've done for me. It's, it's, it, it, can't, it can't really be overstated how much you've impacted my career, so thank you. Thank you. Now I'm just going to wrap up the show. This is Christina Foxwell, um, Ignite Purpose with Christina. I've been joined by Hayden Reed. Um, and uh, we just want to say be, be brave, take a chance, lead, lead from the place of legacy. If you'd like to reach out to us, please do on www.ignitepurpose.com.au or please catch me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Um, um, this is Christina again. Have a fantastic day. And uh, I'm going to say uh, be the best leader you can be. Take care. Bye. <laughs>